Good evening, TC, and welcome all to our weekly podcast, Terry Curran's The Curran View, with the Idle of Hillsborough, Mr. Terry Curran. And if you're listening to the free first half on either Acast or Spotify, you can follow the links on our socials and access the full podcast via either Apple, I nearly said it again, April, they're going to have to change their name, Apple, or become a Patreon, all the W's dot, patreon.com forward slash SRB media. You can follow the... You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Current View or on Facebook, The Current View, or interact with our group, which is over 3.2 thousand members. Thank you so much for your support. It's been greatly appreciated. And now I haven't had a drink. Sorry, Gabby. I said, and now I haven't had a drink. I proper stumbled over that. But what did you stumble over this week, TC, for your magic moments? Well... We say it every week. There's that many. There's some great saves and all. What I what, what I took note of. But I'm going for Jesus's uh, piece of magic when he pulled the ball out of the air. Yeah. Uh, and set up the uh, first goal. Was it first goal or the third goal? I'm not quite sure now. But he scored one in between. So that's what I'm going for. That sublime touch. And he looks now as though he's back to his best before he came to Manchester City. You remember I said to you a couple of weeks yeah. ago. You know when you get bad injuries like your ACL. It takes you a long time to get over it. And now he's he's got over that and he's playing on a regular basis. He's looking the part. He's looking, you know, a superstar. And he's either one to uh, kickstart Arsenal uh, being a major challenge for the Premier League with, with Man City. And he's having his ego massaged and he's being loved. And I think that's the one thing that all footballers like, in particular uh, goal scorers. He has found that touch of it in the back of the net. And and it is like catching a bus or a taxi, isn't it? You know, when you get one, they tend to come in twos, threes and fours and more. But definitely he looks the player in form. And I'm guessing that uh, when they do their monthly player of the month, I'm guessing for uh, for this month it will be uh, Jesus. Well, you get that scenario when when the top teams sell players. You know, yeah. they, they people not only the people but people even in Manchester City will look at the scenario. Is you know, have we had the best out of him? To be fair to to Jesus, Jesus, whatever you want, people want to call him. Is you know, I, I just I've just mentioned it. I mentioned it previously. He's had a bad injury. Yeah. He's playing on a regular basis. He's got over that injury now. Uh, I'm not saying it's a mistake at Manchester City because of the, they've got that much quality. Mm. And, you know, people want to play. And I would imagine people like Je- uh, Jesus, Jesus, uh, is not wanting to sit on the bench uh, for major games. At Arsenal, uh, he's going to be playing in those major games. So, um, for me, I think that this could be the bye of the season. Absolutely. Jesus does look as though he's Arsenal's saviour. A couple of magic moments that I've picked up there this week, TC. And what have your boys been doing, by the way, Wednesday? You've been scoring some fantastic goals. Unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah, you know, they look a different... I mean, they have bought wisely for this league. Yeah. Excuse me, I've just been having a crisp. They bought wisely for this league, you know, and uh, they set off well. And the confidence uh, is kicking on because I thought Bolt would be a, 
you know, maybe a blip for him. Uh, and I think I went against Wednesday uh, with Bolton, but I'm glad they proved me wrong. And like you said, other night was some great goals. There's got some great goals this season, and they'll, you know, they're going to be a force this year. They look as though they could have their own goal of the month every, well, so far, so good. But every week they're scoring worldies. That in the League Cup last night, I mean, there was free. It was, I'll tell you what it was like. Do you remember watching Holland in 1978 in the World Cup finals when they were smashing balls in from it all over the place? Right, yeah. <laughs> Wednesday are doing that at the moment. So let's hope that it does continue. Uh, Dominic Gapes' goal for, uh, for Wickham. Almost from the halfway line. I mean, what a shot that was. But I like that um, in day for Sheffield United, the goal that he scored the weekend. And and I've put these on the current view uh, on to, to our, uh, our group. So, you know, uh, fans, listeners can uh, interact and, and discuss all these uh, goals that have been scored. But it isn't the first time that in day scored a cracking goal like that. Listen, Gabby, I watched all those goals what you put up. Yeah. We could go through yeah. 20, 30 goals. That's how many great goals we, we are seeing. Absolutely. On top of that, I think I've mentioned once with saves, and I saw some absolutely sublime saves this, se- uh, this se- season so far. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, me and you, uh, we go on, it's not all about Premier League, and it's not. But there's some, there's been some spectacular goals. I know the pitches are perfect now. Yeah. Everything else, you know, the pitches are perfect for them. The balls light, the balls move. You know, everything is in the favour for them in this day and age. But still like to see quality, and there is quality at times. And and the kid for Newcastle, Maximus, oh. he looks, he looks a player now, doesn't he? Oh, he, I, I felt sorry actually for um, Carl Walker. I mean, he must have gone to bed that night and had nightmares. And, and all he kept seeing is this bloke running at him and, you know, going one way. And it, it goes either way as well. That's a few weeks for maximum, yeah. And Newcastle New- looked fantastic. Newcastle cancelling. Well, they no. can, but they do. No, they're stupid. People have always said to me, who looks in Premier League like you? And I, I said to my lads uh, about Newcastle, see, see this kid here? Mm. That's how I used to run with the ball. Yeah. Run at people, be quick. It frightens people to death. You know, he's the one. I don't give a damn who it is. Manchester City or Liverpool, Barcelona, Real Madrid. Mm. I would be wanting him in my team. 100%. He wouldn't look out of place in any team. I think he's fantastic. He's a player that we've identified on the podcast many times. And I thought that that was the best, the best game that I've seen him play. And I thought he was absolutely fantastic. And Trippier's goal as well. What a fantastic free kick that was from Kieran Trippier. As you say, there's so many magic moments this week. It's been phenomenal. Uh, a magic moment in 1967. We're going to go back to 1967. I'm loving him back past magazine, the series. Uh, David McVeigh uh, recalling the League Cup finals. And he doesn't just do the Cup finals. He, he writes about the League Cup in that year. Last year, uh, sorry, last week, we covered Swindon Town when they beat uh, Arsenal 3-1 at Wembley. And uh, there was a, a picture of, of a horse on there. And I, I, I wondered what the, the, the relationships of the horse and, and the piece, because sometimes I read them and sometimes I don't, but I do go back and read them. But it was, it was about the, 
Horse of the Year um, on Wembley Stadium. Um, he was interviewing John Trollope, or there was certainly a mention of John Trollope, and he said he could see the hooves of the horse in the Wembley pitch. In that was 1979. In 1969. Because we, they had the Horse of the Year show uh, at Wembley when... On the Thursday before we played on the Sunday or yeah, Sunday, I think. But Saturday, they, Sunday, they, they never, they never have it. it. It's a myth. They, they've had the horse of the year or some kind of horsey thing at Wembley, um, Wem, not Wembley Stadium, but at Wembley, not on Wembley's pitch. That year, what had happened? England had played France, I think, the Wednesday night before, and we'd had some really bad weather, and that's why the Wembley pitch was cut up. I mean, it is an urban myth. In 1970, in the FA Cup final, they put the state of the pitch down to... Um, to the horse of the year. Whenever there was a dodgy pitch in the late 60s, early 70s at Wembley, it was put down to the horse of the year, but it, it didn't, it never happened. So it is a myth, and that's why there was a picture of the horse. In fact, with um, David Tussle, uh, who's written a, a fantastic book, All Crazy Now, about the 1970s, I recorded a podcast with David, and in his book, it goes through the horse of the year. It didn't happen, guys. But if you do read articles, many of them will state that it was the horse of the year that wrecked the Wembley pitch. It wasn't. It was bad weather. It was the way that the light didn't get down or shine onto the, the grass to make the grass grow. And England playing a game against France in 69 that uh, resulted in Wembley's pitch being awful. But it looked half decent when QPR put West Bromwich Albion to the sword in 1967. And that was the first time that the League Cup final was played at Wembley. Before that, it was a two-legged affair, of course. And um, the first time that a team with three, na- three words in their name played each other, West Bromwich Albion against Queen's Park Rangers. Again, I tell everyone on here, we learn something new every week. And that's a good one for the quiz, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Good question for a quiz, that. Yeah, um, again, the more that you read, and he's a great article, I can't speak any higher of Backpass Magazine or David McVeigh, and there are there's some fantastic um Fantastic information. I love it when they write and it's just so factual and, and you're learning something. We did talk about Rodney Marsh last uh, last week. Yep. And we went on about whether he was deaf in one ear. And I can confirm that Rodney Marsh is deaf in one ear. And it happened in a game against Leicester City for uh, Fulham. I think it was his... First or second, he'd not long got into, um, from September 1963, this is an article in Back Pass about Rodney Marsh, uh, he was out of football for 10 months, bar one losing appearance at Nottingham Forest in February 1964, with a broken skull and jaw. I went diving uh, for a header, and Leicester's goalkeeper, John Soberg, was diving out to the ball. He got my head and I had concussion and nerve deafness in my left ear, which I have to this day. But I scored and Fulham stuck with him and gave him a contract. But that's how Rodney Marsh got that injury, diving header when he was a kid for Fulham 
against Leicester City. And he is deaf in one ear. So when he did tell Malcolm McDonald, he, he didn't pass to him because he didn't hear him. He was telling the truth. Telling the truth. Yeah. No. It must have been, especially back then in 1963. Yeah, yeah. An injury like that. Yeah. I mean, that's a, 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 a near mind of a career finishing injury. Mm. It's a life-threatening injury when you think about it. Yeah, absolutely. Broken school, yeah. Mm. So, I mean, when they get the head bang today, they wear these uh, rugby uh, helmet type of things, don't they? Yeah, I mean, we didn't do anything like that back in back in the day. But there's a great piece on Rodney Marsh, and we're going to put Rodney Marsh in our Stars of the 70s next week, and I'm going to read that piece. But we're going to just listen to Alan Hudson, because the 1967 FA Cup final, QPR went on a great run to get there, beating Birmingham City in the semi-finals. Uh, firstly, away at St Andrews, uh, 4-1, and then uh, at home at Loftus Road, 3-1. And Alan went to every game because he turned into a QPR fan. He was a Fulham fan. But then when Rodney went to QPR, he followed Rodney from Craven Cottage to Loftus Road. So let's just briefly listen to Alan talking about his experiences and memories of 1967. Rodney Marsh and the League Cup final. You go to be entertained. And I think that's what ended, why I ended up in 1967, watching Queen's Park Rangers go through that fantastic cup run. Through I see every game right up to Wembley because I was following Fulham when Rodney Marsh was playing. And uh, I, I loved him as a player at that time. And then he moved to Queen's Park Rangers, and I followed, I followed him more than I did QPR. Yeah. But then, but I loved, the, I just loved Loftus Road and the way that, and the and the great team they had. They had a couple of Fulham players. They had a fellow called Jim Langley. They also had the great um, um, fellow up front, um, one of the Allens, you know, one yeah, of Les the Allen. Allen, Les, Les Allen. Allen. Yeah, uh, it's tremendous. He was in the I think Tottenham double winning team. Yeah, he was Fant- fantastic old player. Uh, uh, they had Bobby Keecher. I knew Bobby from a kid uh, who was at Fulham. So they, 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 well, they pulled off the miracle in 1967. I was even up in Birmingham for the semi-final when they beat Birmingham 4-1, I think, in the second leg. And I travelled up with my, my, my dad on the, on the, you know, the supporters bus. So I was very much into that. And I, even when I missed Wembley 67, I was there for the Chelsea final, but I weren't there for the League Cup final because I had to be at Stamford Bridge because that was our job as apprentices. We had to be at the home match. But I can remember staying outside the offices and I heard that they were 2-0 down and uh, and I listened to, you know, the, the final few minutes when they scored the winner outside the main office at Chelsea. And every everybody thought I was happy because Chelsea had scored or something. Uh, uh, but it wasn't. I was, I was, it was, a, I was, that day, that was, day was fantastic, you know. But I, I, I would love to have been there on that day. Especially being 2 0 down and coming back to beat West Brom. Well, again. Absolute gold dust from Alan Hudson. And you can listen to all of Alan's stories or many of Alan's stories on our regular podcast, My Life, My Music. And in that particular one, we look at 1967 TC and we've called it The Monkey Gets It. And Alan tells a fantastic story about literally when the monkey got it. What is Rodney Marsh up to now then? 
you know, Rodney, Rod, I think Rodney lives out in Tampa, doesn't he? He works for, uh, I think, last I heard, uh, Cyrus uh, FM. And um, he's got a little show called, uh, is it Grumpy Old Men or something? But um, he used to be on TalkSport, of course. But again, the political correct boys and girls decide, yeah, decide that on certain things that he said, we can't have that. But in America, um, in Tampa Bay, Rodney's been uh, carving out a career over there. And I think he's been living over in Tampa for some time, hasn't he, Rodney? He famously put the Rowdies into Tampa Bay right? back in the uh, Tampa Bay, back in the 70s. Absolute legend of a player. Well, he went out of the playoffs there, didn't he? And he yeah, he I did, mean, yeah. He loved it out there. Yeah, absolutely. He only came back to, to, to play with George at Fulham. Yeah. Uh, and then he, if he got he got on Sky and everything else. And mm. um, uh, they, he was brilliant on, on um, Saturday football. He was brilliant. Absolutely. And, and then, like you said, the, the walk got to, got on his back and uh, got him finished. So... Yeah, I and mean, that's, and that's what's how the days, how today's football's gone with the walk trying to win everything. Absolutely, too. So, uh, book corner in association with myfootballbooks.com, our um, weekly look at the world of football books. Andy from myfootballbooks.com always sends us a book over, and his recommendation this week is When Footballers Were Skimped by John Henderson, and uh, up till probably the 90s. Footballers were skimped, weren't they? Because you never really got paid what you were worth. No, no. Uh, but I told you the story once, didn't I? When I told Chef, I told Jack, I said, don't pay me a wage, I'll, I'll get my own sponsors, and they wouldn't allow it. Mm. That, that's a true story, that guy. Yeah. You know, uh, but sponsors has been the main uh, instigation to, to get the players uh, the wages they're getting today because it's just gone global and. Uh, it's just shot it up. They are now the film stars and, and actors out there with the wages. Oh, absolutely. I mean, some of the wages on, on the footballers. I mean, having said that, I was listening to Tyson Fury today and he, rec- he reckons he'll come back for half a billion pounds to fight that uh, middleweight they, from Ukraine. And I can't remember his name, he said. <laughs> they need it and they deserve it. Well, you know, again, the thing I have and, and what I'll always say to you is... It's all about value for money, and if the public want to pay an amount of money to watch, whether it be boxing, be football, or to certain players, then them players should be recompensed for their abilities. The problem is, in the game of football, as you know, when you're paying high wages and salaries to at football clubs, even the the players that aren't particularly brilliant are getting paid a ridiculous amount of money because the bar is just so high. And it's I think that... Whereas boxing, tennis, yeah. you know, uh, motor, motor racing, motorbike racing, they're all mm-hmm. um, individual sports. Yeah. So they can demand big, big money, whereas football demands big money. Right, but there's a few, there's a few at the at the elite, and what gets vast amount of money. So it's it's a, it's fascinating, and I agree with you. You know, they deserve it. No, oh, absolutely. And another uh, book. Moving on uh, from my library, T. So I'm always going to pick a couple from my library going forward. In sunshine or in shadow, a journey through the life of Derek Dugan. By I did reference him earlier with his book, All Crazy Now, uh, Mr. David Tossel. 
a great book here about Derek Dugan. Your memories briefly of Derek, I mean, he was uh, no shrinking violet. He played in the 1967 um, Soccer Bowl final. Um, for Wolverhampton Wanderers against Aberdeen in different guises, Washington Whips against Los Angeles Wolves. But Derek was one of the... Well, he was on the uh, the panel, wasn't he, in 1970? He was a PFA uh, was, person uh, as well. He did Yorkshire TV. When yeah. I was playing football, he did Yorkshire TV on a Sunday. Oh, OK. You know, a big match on a Sunday. Well, big match, but yeah. I think... Big match is the one in London, but the Yorkshire TV, he, he used to do that to... Uh, What's that guy? Fred Dynage and... Uh, oh, OK. Fred Dynage and the other... And we had Star Man- Soccer. We had Star Man- Soccer in the Midlands. Billy Wright used to do it with Gary Newman. <laughs> but but Derek was behind lots of things, wasn't he? You Ooh. know, Kettering Tyres, he was the first that, that put the advertisement on... Uh, on Kettering Town's football shirts in the 70s, the uh, the football authorities was kicked Mid- back against him. When you, when you yeah, he it. was, yeah. You know, I mean, Jimmy had got his hands into everything. Mm. Uh, Derek weren't far behind him. No, he wasn't scored more than 200 league goals and ended his playing career Rich. with a medal-winning mm. Wembley uh, performance. But Derek mm. Dugan, one of our all-time great players, started his career... Well, again, we're going to put him in star soccer, uh, our uh, stars of the of the 70s, and we will touch upon his career in more depth in the next few episodes of the Current View TC. But I remember as a kid, because star soccer was ours, and Wolverhampton Wanderers in the 70s had a really good team with Derek and John Richards and Kenny Ibbett and Willie Card, etc., etc. So they were on the TV a lot, as were you. I used to watch you quite a bit playing the early days for uh, for Nottingham Forest. Birmingham City were decent. So yeah, we, we always had the Midlands that, teams. Gary Newborn, that, that, and then obviously when it came to Sheffield Wednesday, we, we, we was on a lot at um, yeah. York TV. Us mm. well, again, they were, they were great days, halcyon days. I think certainly in the Midlands, we all had decent teams and we were all in the, uh, all in the first division. Sadly, we're not now. The game's changed uh, and not for the better in the Midlands. But back then... It was, and Derek Dugan, one of the stars of Wolverhampton Wanderers and uh, Northern Irish International as well. And finally, finally, a teammate of yours, Kenny Burns. No, no ifs or buts is his biography. Now, I didn't know, because I posted this up the other day, there was a picture of Kenny. in a Birmingham City kit. In do you remember these shoot magazines? Yes. Do you remember? And then they, you know, they they'd ask, um, you know, your favourite dish, your favourite country, what car are you reading, etc., yeah. etc. And I posted up. Nobody picked up on it, but they'd put Kenny Burns. His name's Kenneth Maguire. Tuffy used to call him Kenneth. Yeah, but his name is his name. I'll read you the first bit. Once a ranger, always a ranger. It will shock some people to discover that I was born Kenneth Maguire in, I can't pronounce this place, in Glasgow on the 23rd of September 1953. The address on my birth certificate says 253 Duke Street, but I'd never been back there. 
I was adopted as a baby, but it never bothered me. And he didn't try and find out who his biological parents were. But he got adopted when he was a baby and he, he took on uh, his adopted mother's name, Burns. So his name, when he was born, was Kenneth Maguire. Right. And I, di I did not know that, but it is in Kenny's autobiography, No Ifs or Buts. And it's got that famous... No, 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 did I? I didn't know that. Now I played with Kenny. Yeah, it's got that famous picture. There's Robbo, Boya, Martin, uh, John McGovern, Kenny Burns. I can't remember who the Arsenal fella is in the wall, but it was when Burnsy nutted him. Do you remember? It was at Ibury. And it's a long, yeah, it's a long time ago. They picked it up I on the, the camera game, and I, done it. I, I, I might recollect it, but he did lots of things like that. With Burns, uh, did, did Kenny? Oh, but the, the thing is, when 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 you think about that, <clears throat> my old boss, the great Brian Clough, always went on about dirty leads. Yeah, you know, Burns and Lammy Lloyd were dirty players. Hmm? You know, and they they got, they got away with it. He always got the thumb, didn't he? Well, the kind of the sign. There's a few of us what used to get that. You know, it weren't the thumb. He used to he used to put his thumb and his finger together like that. Yeah. And then it'd uh, say, "Young man, well done." And you know, you played well when he did that. Yeah. And Larry, Larry Lloyd hated it because he never did it to Larry. <laughs> well, that that one in the in that wall when Arsenal flag on the wall, Burnsley literally, he nutted him. And I think when he went to an FA inquiry, Burnsy's defence was he sneezed. <laughs> As he sneezed, his head went forward into the back of the Arsenal player's head. <laughs> but again, a brilliant player and a, and a great player for Birmingham City as well as Nottingham Forest. And we well, will. Birmingham, he was your centre forward, wasn't he? He was, yeah. I mean, I've met Kenny. Couple of times, and I met him at a Birmingham City do, and and I did say to him, Ken, where would, did you prefer playing, up front or at the back? And his answer was straight away, about no hesitation. I didn't care where I was playing as long as I was playing. Right. And 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 I think that Burnsy was equally as good at both centre half or centre forward. And we so we were going to swiftly move on to stars of the seventies too, where we look at a. A star of the 70s, and it is Kenneth Maguire, or as we know him, Kenny Burns, born in Glasgow, 23rd of September 1953. He moved to Birmingham City, he was with Rangers, and, um, and a Rangers amateur side as well, in the early days. But he moved to Birmingham City in 1971, played six seasons to 77, and fell out with, uh, with well, I think Willie Bell wanted to, uh, to move him on. I don't think Kenny got on with Willie Bell. I think Kenny was... Um, I think he got... Um, I think he got a residency at the, uh, at the dog track at Perry Bar at one stage, Kenny Burns, and he was he was getting into one or two little shenanigans and um, Birmingham got rid of him. But I remember talking to Peter with and, um, and Pete was saying that Cloughy approached Pete and said, Kenny Burns? And Willie says, don't tell me you're trying to sign him. And he said, what's he like? And he says, he's a nutcase. He said, no, 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 what's he like? Can he play football? Can he pass the ball? And Pete says, yeah, he can pass the ball. He's a great, great player. 
And he said, well, don't worry about the discipline. I'll sort that out when, uh, unless I find him. But, uh, but he, he certainly asked Peter Wynn's opinion of, uh, of Kenny Burns because he, he, he was there at Birmingham with him. Uh, we went on pre-season tour. We didn't play. Uh, me, Robbo, Martin and Burns. We watched the game, but Kenny had a few drinks. Yeah. I, I think I may have told you this. We went into the marquee afterwards and he was absolutely pavaletic, Ken. Yeah. And he, I mean, those beer, those beer, uh, colors, what they called, beer colors, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, beer colors, yeah. We were in a big tent, uh, after the game, both teams and supporters and what have you. Must have been 22 to a table, so massive, and they had them big steins, in, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It was sick all over, bloody table. <laughs> uh, uh, Pete Taylor jumped up, Queen Barmy, because he just signed him, you know, well, obviously, on. on Pete's recommendation to sign Burns. Yeah. Then it's, it's not his fault. It's not his fault. Who's he been with? You know, the Robbo and Martin put the heads down and said, he's been with me. Yeah. Well, I, I, I weren't drinking because I, I used to drink Coke. I, I, I never drank. Yeah. And um, he's going back and then Cluffy stood up and said, Pete, uh, I mean, he started calling me Terry afterwards. Uh, Terry, uh, uh, Terry don't drink, so it's his fault. He don't make him drink. Uh, and that was his first um, serious incident at Forest, but he got over it. They got over it, and the rest is this because they won a league title and two European Cups, and he was an outstanding football player. I mean, I like Kenny; he's a great. I, I found Kenny is a, a great guy. But when they've had drinks, people react differently when mm-hmm. they've had a drink. And he was a perfect player of the year as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Seventy. Was it seventy-seven, seventy-eight? He was a better player than what people give him credit for. Oh, absolutely. He played 170 league games for Birmingham City, scoring 45 goals. Moved to Forest, was there four seasons. 137 league games, 13 goals. So, I mean, Birmingham was the the club that he played most for. Yeah, but he played up front at Birmingham, don't forget. Yeah, he he played at the back as well, you know, at Brummagem. To listen to the rest of this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com forward slash SRB media or just follow the links in the description. Thank you.